I went to the extreme and, and told the people in my life that I love that I was not drinking in those two years. And, and I told them that because you know, I wanted to drink the way I wanted to. I didn't want people to be concerned about me. I wanted to hide it and drink the only way I know how to drink. I've been very, very lucky that I don't have as many temptations as I used to at this point in my recovery. I haven't been tempted today, and I can't tell you the last time I really thought about taking a drink, and that's an absolute miracle. As long as I don't kid myself on what my purpose is, I can enjoy a tailgate and socialize with my friends. I get to partake. It's a blessing to be able to show up. Yeah, so to the newcomer, I would say welcome. Um, it was a long, hard road for me to get to the programs of AA, the walls of AA. And maybe for a lot of newcomers, that might be the case. So welcome. You, you found a home. You found people that get it. To think back at where my life was three and a half years ago to where it is today, it's an absolute miracle. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. This is the show where we provide experience, strength, and hope through interviews with members of the recovery community. We are not affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, although you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today, we're joined by Matthew H. from Reston, Virginia. He's got a powerful message of recovery with three and a half years of sobriety. He shares for today, January 26th, on rigorous honesty. I hope you enjoy the episode. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Terrific. Well, as you know, we begin the podcast with a reading of the Daily Reflection, and today is January 26th. So would you get us started by reading the Reflection? I would love to. Um, January 26th, rigorous honesty. Who wishes to be rigorously honest and tolerant? Who wants to confess his faults to another and make restitution for harm done? Who cares anything about a higher power, let alone meditation and prayer? Who wants to sacrifice time and energy in trying to carry AA's message to the next sufferer? No, the average alcoholic, self-centered in the extreme, doesn't care for this prospect. Unless he has to do these things in order to stay alive himself. Taken from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 24. I'm an alcoholic. If I drink, I will die. My what power, energy, and emotion this simple statement generates in me. But it's really all I need to know for today. Am I willing to stay alive today? Am I willing to stay sober today? Am I willing to ask for help? And am I willing to be of help to another suffering alcoholic today? Have I discovered the fatal nature of my situation? What's, what must I do today to stay sober? So tell me, Matthew, why did you pick this particular reflection? Sure. I, I love this daily reflection um, because for this alcoholic, it's, it's really, really quite simple. I am an alcoholic. I had an admission that I cannot drink responsibly. I cannot drink safely. I've earned that badge. I'm an alcoholic. And it's quite simply put, if I drink, I will die. Um, and I've come to kind of know through my period in sobriety that it's not I might I. Maybe if I do too much, maybe I get behind the wheel of a car, something along those lines. If I drink, I will die. And I feel like that is just so profound in my daily recovery that it's a simple choice for me. Um, are you willing to stay alive today? How long did it take you to come to realize that this is a deadly fatal disease? So my, my situation is I knew I was an alcoholic two years before I got ready to get sober. Um, I had an experience where all the signs pointed to, yes, that I have a problem with drinking. And I went to my first AA meeting. It was a Wednesday. 
here in Northern Virginia. I was surrounded by love. I was surrounded by guys that really cared for me. And that was about two years before I actually came into this program to be serious. And I needed those two years to go out there and really experiment and really see how miserable this disease is. Um, and it brought me to my lowest point. It brought me to the jumping off point where I said, enough's enough. It's time to get help. And I was so blessed to know that there was a place for me. Um, from two years earlier, that seed was planted um, and I knew where to run to. That must have been a rough two years. It was. You know what? And and I am a liar um, by nature. I'm selfish and self-centered. Um, I went to the extreme and, and told the people in my life that I love that I was not drinking in those two years. And, and I told them that because you know what? I wanted to drink the way I wanted to. I didn't want people to be concerned about me. I wanted to hide it and drink exactly as I'm, I don't know, the only way I know how to drink. Um, it was a miserable year or two years of lying right to people's faces to the people who I loved and cared about the most. That's painful. Um, did you try different ways to quit before uh, really embracing the program? Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I remember one moment vividly, I lost my grandmother, who I loved and cared for dearly. And uh, in that time, I, I used to wear a wristwatch on my, my wrist all day. And I would write down the days of continuous sobriety. Um, I don't know what it was about that experience about losing somebody who I cared for, but I would say, I, I'm going to be sober for this person. I'm going to, I'm going to really feel these emotions. And, and I think it was 12 or 13 days, which was huge for me as a daily drinker. Um, but not even the death of a loved one could keep me sober. Um, not even, you know, losing, almost losing a relationship or almost losing a job. Those things weren't enough. Um, this, in my own way, was the only way I could stay sober for any period of time. So you came into the program, and why did you decide that it wasn't for you? I mean, what made you go back out? I think it was the power of this disease. Um, I don't know what it was. I'd never had a moment where I said enough is enough. Um, when I truly chose to get sober, it was a, a random day of the week. Um, I mean, the relationship was in trouble. The job was still there, but I definitely wasn't performing well. But it was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, yeah, there was nothing beautiful about that day. There was nothing bad that happened. It was just that miserable feeling of I can't continue with the drink and I can't continue without the drink. I don't know what life looks like. Um, so I said enough was enough and, and sought medical attention to, to make sure that I was okay. Um, and, and that was such a blessing in my life because, you know, I wasn't in a place to make good decisions for myself. I had to turn my care over to the medical community. Um, and, and I spent uh, just a brief two days in an alcoholic detox and was exposed to the program again there. These men and women came into the rooms and they seemed happy. Like they seemed to know exactly what I was talking about. And I said, these are my people. Like, this is what I need to do. So when I got out, I lived in the rooms of AA. Um, I did the 90 for 90. I did, you know, 181 meetings in 90 days. I, I legitimately lived in those rooms. Um, it was serious for me. Did you get a sponsor right away? I did. Um, they told me in the, the detox facility that if you go to meetings, your chances are greater. Um, if you get a sponsor, your chances are even greater. So I got out on a Friday and I got my sponsor on a Saturday. He was speaking at a meeting. Uh, 
he talked like me. He, he knew how to drink like me, but he also seemed much happier than I was. Uh, I didn't know anything about the guy, but I knew everything about him in that moment. And I asked him to, to help me take me through the steps and we went at it at a quick lick. How long did it take you to go through the steps? We were doing a, about a step a week. Um, we would meet up, get coffee or, you know, pre-COVID, uh, we, where you could actually sit in front of one another. Um, so we did about one a week until I got to the sixth step. And then I pumped the brakes a little bit there um, just because I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what turning my will and life over the care of God as I understood him was. It seemed profound and how can I turn my life over to something that I can't physically see or touch or experience? And I, I quickly learned that you can experience it. You might not be able to see or touch it, but that experience is, is quite real. Did you have a conception of God or, or religion in your life prior to getting sober? I did. I was born and raised in a religious family. Um, I grew up in the church, and I think that provided a good foundation to grow off of. I think the beautiful thing about this program um, was that I got to believe in a, a higher power that I got to define. Um, I tell folks and tell the sponsees that I have the privilege of working with today that I know absolutely nothing about my higher power. Um, I always say that, you know, if I ask for a fish, God will give me an owl. I had a profound experience where I asked God for something and he gave me something much greater. And, and I've always seemed to have those moments that I'm never going to understand the higher power. I just need to be open and, and listen. Um, and as long as I'm willing to see, uh, he, she, it, what, which I choose to call my higher power will, will reveal themselves. How is rigorous honesty? How does that show up in your life and how is it maybe tested? Yeah. Rigorous honesty in my life is still something that's very unnatural. Um, I'm a liar because that's who I am in, in my core. Um, I'll, I'll tell folks that, you know, I had an orange for lunch just to hopefully they'll, they'll look at me different, that I'm more in shape or more fit. Um, so I catch myself. Uh, the beautiful thing about this program and rigorous honesty is if I don't catch myself, I have the opportunity to go back. Tell me about that. How, when, do you, when do you go back? Sure. I think it's much easier in my life and, and maybe it's fear holding me back in, in other areas, but in the program, it's so simple. I can't tell you the number of times that the fellowship would get together at a diner and people would ask a question of like, have you seen this movie? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I want to be part of, um, and I've had experiences going back the next week to the same diner and telling these guys like, Hey, like, that's just not true. Like I watched it this week, but what I told you and, Oftentimes, it's not a big deal. These guys will laugh it off or these gals will laugh it off because they know that. Um, as far as being honest in, in other relationships, I'm a work in progress. Um, and I think I seek a lot of times through prayer and meditation to really gauge where I was hitting the mark and, and where I might have missed. And do you use the 10th step to, to kind of keep yourself in line there? I do. Um, my 10th step is, is natural. Um, natural as in I would talk to a friend. Typically, uh, my, my nightly routine is I, I send up a prayer to my higher power and I talk to, I choose to call it God, um, much like we're talking today. Um, I can bring whatever I want to my higher power and have a conversation. Um, oftentimes, my prayer is the one-sided conversation and my meditation is really the listening. Um, so I do a 10th step. 
Um, I don't do pen to paper, but I go through a couple of questions each night to just consider. They're on my phone. Um, I don't put pen to paper, which is an area of my program, which I should continue to, to strive for. And um, But for right now, progress, not perfection. I'm taking the time to do it. I've started using an app. There's a 10-step app that's really helpful. It walks you through a, a series of questions and it it leaves you with a percentage. And, um, I've talked about this on previous episodes, but, um, I just find it helpful. I'm, I'm, you know, always on my phone. So I'll share that, that app with you and I'll put a link in the show notes for folks that are interested. Thanks so um, much. How long are you sober now? If you don't mind my asking. Absolutely. So January 26th, will be three and a half years. Congratulations. Thank you. Have you been tempted along the way? I think more so in early sobriety. Um, it's a whole change of lifestyle. It's a whole change of the things I found pleasure in, um, that there were the temptations. Um, I'm an avid football watcher, college football. I, I attend my university's football games and that tailgating scene was always the, the itching moments of like, Ooh, but as I've gone further into my recovery and I still consider myself new to sobriety, um, as long as I can find a purpose, and as long as I don't kid myself on what my purpose is, I can enjoy a tailgate and socialize with my friends. I get to partake. It's a blessing to be able to show up. Um, I do remove myself from situations when my purpose is not there anymore. Uh, when the, when the tailgate goes from catching up to a drunk fest, like it's my cue to go into the game and, and, and to leave. Um, I've been very, very lucky that I don't have as many temptations as I used to at this point in my recovery. I haven't been tempted today. And I can't tell you the last time I really thought about taking a drink and, and that's an absolute miracle, but yeah, I need to, I'm cautious uh, of what I do and the situations I put myself into. I love comedy podcasts and oftentimes they're sitting down with drinks and, you know, taking it over the top or TV shows. I love Mad Men and, and, that Donald Draper lifestyle of walking to your office and pouring yourself a scotch. Like I catch myself saying, Oh, that looks nice. Um, that first thought is, is something. The second thought is mine. Um, so I really try to just limit when I'm in the right spiritual mindset to watch those shows and those podcasts, because I know I'm an alcoholic brain. Yeah. I, I relate to that. I mean, it's clearly in many situations romanticized, right? Yeah, it is. So what advice do you have for the newcomer? And um, what do you tell folks that are, that are coming into the program fresh? Yeah, so to the newcomer, I would say welcome. Um, it was a long, hard road for me to get to the programs of AA, the walls of AA. Um, and maybe for a lot of newcomers, that might be the case. So welcome. You've, you found a home. You found people that get it. Um, you found people that used to drink and drug like you. That's welcome. Um, I think once you make it into the walls is, is make that time to be there, um, go 15 minutes before stay 15 minutes after take on those foolish service positions. They might not mean anything to you at this particular moment, but you're accountable to people. Like you're doing something, you're contributing to the fellowship. And if anything, I've always walked out of a meeting when I've made coffee and I felt really good about it seems so trivial of a thing to do, but for that split second, I got to think about somebody else. Get a sponsor. Yeah. Get a sponsor. Get a sponsor as, as quick as you can because um, you want to get that shot. There's no better way 
to learn how to live a sober life than to learn from someone who's done it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for spending time with me. And um, is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience before we wrap? I just thank you. It's been an absolute privilege um, to think back at where my life was three and a half years ago to where it is today. It's an absolute miracle. When you don't want to go to a meeting, think if you ever saw a sign on a, a lamppost, a room full of miracles. Uh, I would never, I would never not go. Um, and that's a little thing that's helped me keep me in the rooms. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to draw another sober breath and, and cheers till tomorrow. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join us online, we're available at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. We publish articles there on recovery. We also have a Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback in the form of a comment or a rating would really help us. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.